Hello and welcome back to the Celtic Women's Football Show. It's the first one of 2023. I am your host, Claire Wilde. And of course, he's joining me um, from not very far away, actually. It's Lorenzo Pacitti. Happy New Year. That's inappropriate, I feel like, to say Happy New Year. I did it on home with Gal the other day, but it's way past. Way it's past way. The, well, but you know, if you haven't seen people, and I haven't seen you yet this year, so... That's fair. Happy New Year, Claire. And we haven't spoken to anyone else and we haven't done one of these. So, yeah, Happy New Year. How yeah. was your break? How are you feeling? How is 2023 going? Uh, break was great. I had a really, really enjoyable festive period. 2023 is going very well so far, I feel like, in terms of just... I'm, I've, this is the first time I've ever done like a new me year, new me year, new year, new me vibe. Oh, really? <laughs> trying not to eat takeaways constantly and drinking a bit less and not eating as much red meat, doing all the classics, but I'm yeah. doing them quite successfully. Well, we're a week or so in, so I'm encouraged by oh, that. Oh, it's only been a week. Okay. I felt like it's been like three. <laughs> what are we on? What, what day are we recording this? The 10th of January. That's not very long. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm still f- reeling from the flu that I had over Christmas and the rain and the greyness of January is kind of making it hard to feel New Year, New Me. But I know so many people who have this like unending flu cold yeah. this year. It's cool (laughs) which is why we kind of um if you were listening at the end of last year and then we we didn't do the last show because i was unwell um but yeah we've come back Uh, hopefully i think in spirit it's all guns blazing but the thing i was gonna we're we're gonna have to crack on and talk about news and things we're obviously in a transfer window and that's what everyone's talking about so we might as well just get straight down to brass tacks and just talk about it Clarissa Larrissey's left. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I might have been saying leaving, but she's left. We've yeah, seen training probably. pics of her in Sweden. She's gone. She's away. I mean, I think we all strongly suspected that that was going to happen. Um, before Christmas, did you have any kind of inkling that we might lose? I mean, obviously the rumours are around. We'll talk about Jacinta, but you know, Clarissa is the one that's confirmed. What did that come as a surprise to you basically? Yeah, I think so. I think also, cause I think the league she's joining is very much in the early stages of their preseason, which is an interesting one for a player to kind of move in January, then go into a preseason. It's probably uh-huh. great. I mean, for she'll probably, she'll be full guns blazing by the time they kick off. Uh, but it's, it's a frustrating one. And I think it's just the level we're at right now uh, in the league and stuff. Transfer windows are only scary. Yeah, because <laughs> most incoming signings will be unknowns to the general fan. Uh, there's only so much you can take from what we know about players that might come in. Rumors don't like go around, you know, like the men's game where there's people on Twitter who are just their entire job is to create transfer rumors. If you yeah, see yeah. one, it's probably <laughs> true, and it's terrifying. It's, it's like true. getting like a bad email when you see a, a transfer rumor. When you showed me the one the other day for Laracy, it was like you know, it's like getting an email to say that you've got a terrible illness. Or you're sacked or something horrible <laughs> because you know it's real. You yeah. know it's true. And this is a nightmare. I think it's as kind of bad as it could get in terms of a player leaving at this point of the season. But it's never that unexpected just because of the nature of the the game. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of factors at play. I think one of the ones, I think Clarissa Laracy getting her call up to Canada was perhaps a little bit unexpected this year or this season and that <clears throat> maybe some of the pressure from that to kind of move to a league that is a, a slightly higher quality also to move to a team that's you know 
contending in Champions League and things like that is yep. was probably there for her. Um, we talk all the time about the different factors that influence moves and transfers in the win- women's game and how different the pressures are than in the men's game and how different things will attract different players to make those moves. But I th- you're right in a way that, you know, you hear these rumours, but, you know, Sam Kerr from Rangers was going to go to Liverpool and that doesn't look like it's happening now, so... Yeah, that, I mean, that would have been a really interesting one. I think it says something again about the quality of the league maybe picking up a bit, that you're seeing a club at like Liverpool look up here, you're seeing Champions League clubs look at our strikers. This is exciting, to be fair, you know, on a, on a grander scale. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think you see conflicting things about that move. And again, there's only so much you can ever know about a, yeah. a transfer in the women's game right now. Um, but I think it, in the women's game, the... The international stage is still the pinnacle, whereas in the men's game, there's so much more about money. You know, a look at yeah, the contract yeah. is a bigger deal, or even Champions League to a lot of players is bigger than playing for their international team if they're not going to mm-hmm. be winning titles. I think mm-hmm. the women's game, because of efforts for equal pay and stuff as well, uh, for a lot of reasons and eyes and people watching games, international football is still the pinnacle. So I think you're right about that kind of slightly premature or maybe just earlier than expected call up has pushed this. Yeah, I mean, we're in a World Cup year now as well, so. <laughs> yep, she's got to make that squad. So I think all these things uh, being considered, it's a really good move for her. Um, she's given us nothing but amazing service. Didn't, you know, as far as we know, uh, she didn't angle for a move in any kind of disruptive way. She was always playing until she wasn't, until she was gone. So you have to just kind of say, thanks very much. Thanks for the memories. Double Cup winner, you know, yeah. played a massive part as well in those Cup finals. Um, and good luck to her will be very fondly remembered, I think. Um, and partly for the, well, yeah, the um, partnership that she's had this season with another player who's rumoured to be away. I mean, what happens <laughs> if we uh, lose both of them? Jacinta and Clarissa Laracy in this window. The rumours around Jacinta is that she, I think, Levante, Real Betis, Spanish clubs are kind of sniffing around again, when Fran was talking on the press conference before the last game, he said definitely one, possibly two. So I think the definitely one is obviously Larisy leaving to go to Sweden. The possibly two would, I imagine, be Jacinta. Yeah, that is a terrifying prospect. There are, you know, within squad conversations we can have about who would replace, who would step up. But no matter how you spin it, we're now very short up top. And to the extent where we don't actually have a recognised striker now, you've got Liv Ferguson, who often will play out wide. And again, that might be because of, you know, you're not moving Lara and Jacinta out of there. But Jacinta's not an out-and-out striker. She's got that great uh, combination with Lara. Lara's is gone. I think it's going to have to be, you know, thankfully Amy Gallagher's been so good. I think Mm -hmm. she's going to be the focal point of this team. Um, With Jacinta right now, if Jacinta happens to leave, it would be such a blow, but the the important thing is bodies need to come in immediately, mm-hmm. you know, before the next big game, especially um, we've got cup games and everything. You can't, we cannot leave this January transfer window down Lara St. Jacinta and not replacing them with some sort of potential to match that. I do think there's players in the squad that have stepped up. I think we'll see Maria McMenany a lot more involved. She's been so good. I think there's room for her and Amy now to really take on a lot more responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but bodies are needed. Absolutely, they are, and you make a really good point that you know we've got the and the Rangers 
game again is at the we've got end of February, beginning of March, basically, is when we're playing the um, but other two teams at the top of the league again. So they'll be needing to have some time to settle in, to bed in, to get new players in. There are talk, there are when in that same press conference where he talked about players going, he said two or three in. Um, and I have no reason not to. He's normally quite frank and honest, and yep. like you can kind of take what he says as uh, being reasonably accurate. We don't, again, know who those might be there was a name on twitter that might have been coming back from sweden uh from the cl- club clarissa has gone to um which again as i was saying to you because i sent it to you and you went oh she looks good and i went it's just a name we've seen on social media so at this point we don't know mila gale i asked christian how to pronounce it so i really <laughs> apologize i think it. i've got that wrong um but she is a Danish international who has played with that team for a while. She it, she starts regularly or she comes on for sort of 30 minutes at the end. She either looks like she plays wide or up front. So again, it's like maybe is she, you know, she's listed as a midfielder when I looked her up as well. It's like what you're saying, where are these kind of out and out forward players who are going to just do what Charlie Wellings did essentially for us last season? I mean, she's got a great goal-scoring record if she is a midfielder. Um, yeah, somebody with that pedigree is never somebody at this point I would have expected to be coming into Celtic. Mm. Um, I think when you consider new signings we're going to get, um, oh, it's almost always going to be unknown. It's always going to be markets that we don't really know about. Mm-hmm. But to have a you know a Danish international who's scored against Brazil, who's played in big, big tournaments, that would be huge. And I, and I do think it must just be a name somebody's pulled out <laughs> because of this swap rumour and they've gone, well, she'd be great. She'd mm-hmm. be nice. Mm-hmm. We'll take her. But also, you never know. Uh, women's yeah, football will never fail to surprise us. Um, so yeah, I guess we're just doing that thing where for the whole, I'm, I'm trying to spend much less time on social media, but the constant refreshing of Twitter to make sure that I don't miss any transfer information is the thing that I'm there for, basically, <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, it's a straight again. It's just such a strange market. To, I assume it's, it's even stranger to operate in. You know, to kind of figure out um, who is like a potential proposition, who would ever entertain the moves. People we've seen women's footballers, uh, even the kind of excess Glasgow City had people's situations change in the women's game a lot faster. Their wants, like you said, a World Cup year turns around. Uh, if you suddenly are involved in a squad, it's how do you make the biggest impact? You know, mm. if we have Scottish players. As this league starts to get on, if we have young Scottish players who aren't playing for us, they're going to start wanting away mm-hmm. because uh, if if the international coach starts to look more at the SWPL, then you're going to want to be playing. So there's a lot of these things that are going to change the way we go about our business. Yeah, we'll have to have a whole nother, slightly possibly scarier conversation like this one as we get towards the end of the season. <laughs> um the other thing that I wanted to just touch on, we mentioned international football there. We've got Live Chance going away for the games against the USA, sort of out with the FIFA window. So she's been given permission by the club to go and play with the Ferns. Do we think, I mean, we know that managers and particularly Fran are keen on making sure that their players are getting this international experience. It's a huge year for her. It would have been very difficult i would imagine if the club has said no (laughs) yeah that is one particularly because of how bad then she is that squad um but the competitive nature of that squad i think to play and start you can't 
you could never have said no to that. Um, like I said, I think international football is the pinnacle of women's football still. So when players come here, they have to know that not only will they be noticed by their international teams, but that we're not going to do anything to upset, you know, yeah. call-ups or game time. And Franz right, he's, he said it a bunch of times, that, that is, he wants his players to be playing international football. Again, different to the men's game, it can be seen as a... Uh, you know, an annoyance when your players get called up because they might get injured, they might go away and get tired. But I think he's right. In the women's game, it is an invaluable experience and it's a much higher level most of the time than she will play here. Yeah. Um, so good luck to her in those games against the USA. Um, good for her to have that experience. And also whenever, obviously when she's traveling, she's always traveling these huge distances as well. But also it's not like we've got these big games coming up that she's going to miss. And we do, I think, if we've got strength anywhere in that squad, it is in midfield and with Definitely. players who can kind of create for whoever ends up up front for us we don't know yet um if we it just in general terms I mean we've said forward players it's it is it is forward players isn't it it's strikers we're not are we looking at anything else do we need anything in terms of for example shoring up the back three we've got that kind of rotating now Kelly Clark Caitlin Hayes and seemingly Clara Reardon with Chloe Craig sometimes dropping back into that back three, sometimes being played sort of in the midfield out on the wing. Um, I would be worried that if we incurred any sort of injury, yes, we would be in trouble there. <laughs> I mean, centre half is always a position you can improve, I think, at any level. Um, so I think Fran is always actively looking at that kind of thing. We need to replace um, Lucy with just yeah. someone of that quality if we can but I think that is important <laughs> and you look at you know say the worst comes to the worst and Jacinta does go as well to have a window where you've not got Lucy going to finish the season you've not got Larissa anymore and you've not got Jacinta that's your three best players Yeah, going forward that would be such a blow um, and I think as much as we're kind of okay for bodies in some of these places to try and we, we really need to kind of try and get another Lucy and mm -hmm. you know somebody of that quality because she was such a game changer and you're going to lose two kind of guaranteed game winners now yeah. um, it's all about finding that quality so I think out with striker we don't necessarily need numbers but we could do with quality excellent point um, we will just have to see how that all plays out and what Fran manages to do in the rest of the window um, I was going to sort of mention I haven't I've been trying to keep tabs on it there's not other huge high profile kind of departures or incomings from particularly obviously we're always looking at Rangers and Glasgow City because they're our closest rivals Desiree Montsevais has left Glasgow City we talked about the Sam Kerr rumour maybe she's going to Liverpool we don't know um haven't seen any huge signings for them I imagine this if we get if any of those clubs including us get them in it'll be towards the back end of the window um but so there is there is some churn and obviously we haven't spoken since Eileen Gleeson departed these shores to go back to Ireland sort of quite suddenly and with not much fanfare it was all quite odd <laughs> it was very strange um yeah the, the lack of fanfare I guess you know not long not that long a tenure didn't win a trophy um or didn't win the league there's not kind of so much that you would expect I guess but it did come so fast it obviously wasn't a sacking they're doing absolutely fine in the league because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, just a really strange one, but again, the nature of 
women's football, we will never know what happened. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's fine. Maybe that's for the best. Maybe we know too much about kind of random managers and, and men's football <laughs> and the championship and all that when they get sick. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, we'll probably we might find out a bit more. We'll we'll ask around and see if I'm sure there are people out there who are going. Well, I know what happened. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, so that's interesting, and obviously, kind of leaves them. I guess you know. Leanne Ross is taking over and she's really capable and really confident and really gelled with that squad. So it's not a huge kind of upheaval for them, I would imagine, in terms of the way that they're being coached. But we haven't seen anything yet about recruiting or who might come in and take over. The so, talented squad, I mean, they've, they started the season really well. There's no reason to think they're going to fall off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the coaching stuff really comes down to consistency over the season which, again, is usually their strength. Um, and when it comes to the big games, I guess, is when we'll see if there is, you know, any kind of lapse in the coaching. But I, I wouldn't really expect it. I, they're a really well-run club. We all know that. So I assume that they'll be replacing, or or maybe not. Maybe they'll, they'll stick with what they've got right now and, and and they'll get to the end of the season okay. But it's it's all about kind of managing those big games for City because they have been so good at consistently beating people below them. Yeah. Um. We ended 2022. They are, like you said, the top of the league as we went into Christmas, kind of coming into the, this part of the season. Um, we are third in the table. It's tight at the top, blah, blah, blah. We say this every time. But we say this every time and I think sometimes we have a different feeling about that. Um, you know, you can see the numbers in front of you, but sometimes it feels like it, we're comfortably third and sometimes it feels like we're hanging on by our fingernails. How are you feeling about how we ended the season and how we are going into this part of the season. How confident are you that we are able to, you know, we we had the cup victory at the weekend. We've drawn another team who are very beatable in the next round. That run should progress to some extent, but how comfortable are you that we might be lifting silverware again this season? I mean, we are, you know, we're as in touch as it gets. We're three points sank off the top. Mm-hmm. You know, Rangers are still, in my opinion, the best team in the country, and they are a point ahead of us. Um, so everything is there to play for. I think we've done as well as could be expected. We've done way better than we thought we would at the start of the league. Um, so I'm pleased. I think I'm getting more worried as January goes on. <laughs> How do we replace those goals? Um, again, in week in, week out, there's teams that we should be beating comfortably, and any striker we bring in who should be at our level should be comfortable enough to, you know, put goals past Glasgow women, put goals past uh, Hearts, Hibs, that kind of thing. But it's about big games. Charlie Welling's always stepped up. Larissa always stepped up. Um, we need to hang on to Jacinta, really. I think that is key. Yeah. Um, so my confidence is... Depends on Jacinta. <laughs> it's dropped based off Larissa going, and I, I don't think it couldn't because she's such a guaranteed goal scorer. Uh, but the team is really strong. I think they've been really together. They played really well. That was a great win um, the weekend, just to kind of put a exclamation point on the fact the quality in the squad is still there despite the, the top scorer leaving uh, so we'll see how January goes and I think we should be looking for a 100% record you know till the end of this window and then we'll kind of take a lay of the land but as far as first half of the season where we've sat I think we should be really pleased and with no reason not to believe you know on one or two days notice in these big games against Rangers and City we can turn them over and mm-hmm. that's how far we off we are off this league we just can't really lose the next ones is what I would say yeah there is no wriggle room and you know but we're just going to talk about the cup game at the weekend there um but I, I guess the other thing for Jacinta is that she's not 
one of the things that has been one of her real strengths is playing with Larisi that partnership this season so it's going to remain to be seen how effectively other players your Amy Gallagher's your Maria McEnany's are able to kind of step into that role and play with her um because we've because we've had Clarissa we haven't maybe seen as much of that but you know we were so worried when Charlie left at the end of last season and we have players who stepped up. So I would like to think, you know, that there is talent in this squad and there are players who will go, right, this is my opportunity. Yeah, I don't think it's so much even about replacing, you know, we need a quality striker and it's about that profile again that runs beyond the last defender, mm. you know, plays on the shoulder, really quick, athletic. It's about that profile again because that's what these midfielders just thrive on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how Fran did so well, I think, replacing that focal point of Charlie by bringing Larisi into the centre. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's more about the, the profile getting replaced correctly. And I've no doubt because it's such a part of his game, that's Fran's priority. Hopefully. Um, we played Falkirk at the weekend at the Falkirk Stadium. I travelled all of the 45 minutes to get there. And it was a, it was lovely to be back. Like it sort of felt like one, that was one of the things that I needed for the year to feel like it had officially started was to like go back and see Celtic play. Um, I mean, how we, we normally talk about how we're feeling before these games. I don't think anyone would have been, who's a fan of Celtic would have been too worried about us taking on a team two leagues below us with the lack of resources that they will have compared to what we, what we have at our disposal. Yeah. You just don't want to, you still want to look disjointed, you know, first Mm -hmm. game back. I think we should be hammering Falkirk. We did hammer Falkirk. Um, but living up to expectations and playing at your best and playing as you should is a challenge in itself, and particularly against weaker opposition where you can be complacent. So what we didn't want was you know a 2-0 against Falkirk and a lot of scrappy missed finishes and missed chances. Yeah. Uh, so I think they did the job and they did it really well and it needed to be like that, particularly after the news or when the news of Laracy started to kind of break and the rumours were coming out. Yeah. It just needed it to be something a bit a bit confidence boosting for uh, pessimists like me getting scared. <laughs> You're not a pessimist, Lorenzo. No, Come I know. On. I'm just a big scared. I'm just a scared. <laughs> of um, you weren't able to go to the game, I don't think. No, get play these games in Glasgow. I don't care who you're playing. Put them on. <laughs> some of us are busy. Uh, um, but you must have seen some of the footage of the game online we scored nine goals was it were you able to sort of get a sense of the game from watching the highlights and who stood out for you and how we were playing what was your overall impression yeah the highlights weirdly short for a 9-0 game I will say but uh, very I I think the goals followed kind of similar patterns and it's all the good stuff Celtic usually do really really quick football really direct Um, really really enjoyed watching Again, just the skill of players like Amy and Jacinta really stood out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacinta putting a few really good balls in the box as well from corners and set pieces. And that's not really been part of our game too much. So it's, it was really good to see that. Um, everyone taking really good goals. I thought the, the goals in general were great. Uh, yeah. Some really, really classy finishes. Particularly my two favourites would be um, Shen played a great ball to Amy. And I think the second goal and she rounds the keeper. Yeah. Composure, just very classic, great feet, Amy Gallagher. Yeah, um, loved that. Is, and that, then, is that Amy's second? I mean, I this our, 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 sec- the, our second, her aye. first, yeah. Our second one is my other favourite goal, though. Just a, another absolutely screamer of a dig. Oh yeah, um, underneath the bar, uh, she just has so many good qualities, and 
again, I think in, particularly in the women's game, talk all you want about you know goalkeepers being smaller, blah blah blah. If you can, if you've got a long range specialist who can really find the corners, it's massive. You yeah. know, it really is. And I think you just need to take that side of it. And Amy can find the corner, and she's every time she's fit, every couple of games she's got at least one long range drive in her, which is massive. And and against you know teams like Rangers and City, where you're not going to dominate the ball the whole game. If you've got somebody that can come up with that, that's huge. And it's to really, see her in this form is amazing. It really makes it fun to watch as well when you know that she's got that in her locker as well because you kind of think, like, she is a player when she did that at the weekend, you think she's going to do it. Like, yep. she, she, and it kind of could be at any time and you don't know what's going on in her head, but the, the kind of option that that is going to happen is there. And talk about finding the corners. I just wanted to talk about Lou's goal as well. Yeah, finding that top corner. Ridiculous. Which it's was... so strange. I had to watch it like four times because it's <laughs> so casual. It's ridiculously yeah. casual. And again, they give her time. You know, if you give players a quality time and she just kind of literally stands up. Mm-hmm. It's like a golf like chip. She just picks her spot, stands very straight and scoops the ball right in the top corner. It's a really surreal goal. Yeah. Um, Cantona-esque. So I really, really <laughs> enjoyed that. And she played a great ball as well to Maria for her goal. She had a really good uh, oh, camera. Yeah. That was fantastic and it made it so easy for Maria, but obviously everything, they'd, they'd created something that meant that all of them were in the right place to get that to happen. But talk about, you talked about Jacinta taking some of those corners and things and the set, I, you know, I'm going through this list of nine goals and Natalie Ross's essentially was from a set piece because it came off the corner and she put it straight in the back of the net. Clara Ridden, who we'll talk about in a second, scored twice from set pieces. Caitlin scored a classic Caitlin header from a set piece. You know, we need to capitalise on that strength, especially at the moment, don't we? If, we've, we? if we can start getting goals from these types of opportunities in a really consistent, really reliable fashion, that's going to hugely help the consistency across the whole season, especially yeah. in light of the volatility of the squad. Some of our biggest goals over the past couple of seasons in finals, in derbies, you know, top of the table clashes have come from set pieces, have come from... You know, late corners, uh, those kind of angled free kicks from like 30 yards out, the most dangerous ones. Uh, we scrappy set pieces even at the end of games. Uh-huh. That We do have a real knack for it and it's because our centre-backs are so kind of keen uh, to come and get on the ball and then we've got players of quality. But when the ball drops, they will take chances and, you know, Claire's two finishes are snatched, you know, off the back of set pieces that start to bounce in the box, but they're really well taken. They're really good finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that kind of deadly intent when you're taking a free kick and taking a, a corner is, even at a bare minimum, it's intimidating for the defence who are going to bring more people back. They're not going to break on you. You know, that's how also how smaller teams will score against you. So all these things are really, really helpful. They're part of being a big team as well, a big dominant, intimidating side. Uh, and that's something Celtic need to capitalise on, particularly against opposition who aren't full-time, who aren't as athletic, who don't have that instinct. Mm-hmm. Claire um, is a player that we've not talked about an awful lot and when we have it was more when she'd first joined and I think we kind of maybe thought that there was a sort of slight she was still finding her feet in terms of the way that Fran wanted her to play and the system and maybe some of the confidence of joining a new team and settling in I don't know that was just the sense that you got as a fan watching yeah. I think that she really having got those starts consistently as well now in that back three with um, Kelly and Caitlin I'm really starting to feel like I trust her she was great in the game the draw against Rangers um, 
and obviously she got her two goals. Liv's reaction as well was Liv Chance's reaction. If you watch back the highlights, like it, she obviously, I love it when you can just tell how much it means. It's like when Tegan scored against Dundee United yeah. and they all <laughs> lost their minds. Like Liv just like put her hands straight up in the air and like legs it over to her. It was so great. Um, and you can see how much it meant to her as well. And I would love to see her become a real integral part of that squad in the way that some of those other defenders have. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't you don't just kind of slot into that back three. I think you do have to find your feet and we've seen that. We love Cheyenne Shorts. Cheyenne Shorts did not walk in and start in that team. You know, it took her getting an opportunity and taking it and keeping the jersey. We have such a kind of consistent back three. There's players there that have been here for a long time. It's tough to find your way into that lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh and I agree with you know, I wasn't Claire's biggest fan when she started. Just I thought she looked like you said, finding her feet. Uh, things just didn't come as naturally as it did to the other centre halves. It didn't look like, quite as strong a fit. Uh, but in recent games, you know, Fran does not start you in that back three for no reason. Um, to replace the trust he had in the his consistent three is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's really earned the trust of of our manager, and she's been playing great. And that defence has a really good record. You know, to to be part of that's a big deal. And with these two goals, it just kind of highlights that that improvement and that. Um, the fact that she is part of the fabric of this starting eleven now, and yeah. we don't really need to debate it anymore. It feels like she's kind of in that slot. And as I say, you can always improve in centre halves. It's the, one of the toughest positions in the pitch, but we have no reason not to be happy with our our defence, barring injuries. Touchwood, touchwood, touchwood. It's a lot of touching wood at the moment. <laughs> um, they did the draw, so we won that game nine nil. I think the other thing that came out of that game we haven't really talked about. The quality of the opposition it's hard to tell from highlights packages and things that if you weren't at the game you will see but um again and we feel like this is something we say a lot now you know some of the those teams in the lower leagues like the I know she we put nine goals past her <laughs> but she made some cracking saves and Rachel Perry for Falkirk deserves some credit um for doing a job and I I feel like I just I've got this sense that there's real goalkeeping talent kind of hidden away in Scotland. Yeah, again, if you don't play for one of the big teams, you're just so under fire um, when you play them that it's I feel like it's almost impossible to look good. Mm. The other goalkeeper, I can't, I can't remember who we were playing. It might have been Dun United. I can't remember. We were playing somebody and um, it was at the Excelsior and she made like three or four world-class saves and everyone in the ground was saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Applauded. Well, we won that game like 6 now, and, yeah. uh, and she went off injured she got absolutely clattered near the end of the game she was very very young she was spectacular but you know how goalkeeping talent particularly at the stage of the league is in is so tough to measure and it's so tough to advance them because you're conceding 6 goals you've saved 4 or 5 world class mm. you've probably faced 28 shots you it know, really it thing. really makes you you know start it, it. I guess it plays into the wider conversation about the development of the women's game across the whole of Scottish football. And we've, there's the FA have just, um, Scottish FA have just announced a new person who's going to take over the roles of like girls and women's development manager and things. So there are things happening and it's just, yeah, it's frustrating sometimes because, and I think it's just worth mentioning when we do see those good performances, even when we did win 9-0. Yeah, it's um, tough because we've got like Chloe Logan, you know, at her best, shouldn't really face that many shots, but Chloe Logan will pull off, you know, a, a game-winning save in the 80th minute. That's what we loved about her. It's just As will Rachel measure. Johnston, to be fair. Yeah, it's, it's just tough to measure these things against keepers in the, yeah. the lower reaches of the league who face 
30, yeah. 40 shots. It's just yeah. that's, you know, that's why there's goalkeeping coaches and scouts that know if they're actually good. I thought it was really interesting as well how when we did the brief interview with Caitlin, if anyone heard that, um, as soon as I asked her about having Pam in goals behind them, her instant reaction and because we did that interview in person I could sort of see she was like oh it's it's a game changer having someone of that pedigree and of that level of experience and has allowed them to play in a different way so obviously it, it affects the whole team who's in goal for you we got Boromir Thistle <clears throat> in the next round so again a game we should be easily winning and progressing through I think most of the draw for that round I think the closest one that I saw, now you're asking, because I had it all in my head. That's all game, I think. That's all had like a normal... Like, I think it's like Thistle and Hearts maybe playing each other. Yeah, um, but everyone else, you could kind of fairly confidently predict the results of those games. Um, it's just, you know, it's an, it, we've got that cup up and running now. So we've just got to keep our, our eye on it and hope we can achieve what we achieved last year. <laughs> Yeah, I just got. I mean, going through the motions is easier said than done. After that Spartans defeat, you know, at the beginning of the season, you've got to beat these teams that they put in front of you. Um, but you know, Burnley Mouth, that's all sound like a kind of team the Celtic B team would play. Nothing to be worried about. <laughs> and we all know how you feel about the Celtic B team. <laughs> um, the next game up as well is Glasgow Girls and Women uh, on Sunday. Um, last time we played them, which was the first time that we'd ever played them, this is they're newly promoted. They're in this league for the first time. We beat them 7-0. So again, we should be confident going in. It will be interesting for every fixture going forward to see who is into, in the squad and who is out of the squad. <laughs> will it not? Yep. Yes. I mean, I want 10 against Glasgow women, not in a, you know, there's before you have to be bloodlust when you play these teams at the lower end of the league. Goal difference will be enormous. It's, you know, more so than... Any league in the world, I feel like this league is, is goal difference heavy mm. uh, come the end of this season. Um, so Glasgow women are, you know, they got promoted kind of prematurely with that with that change of league format. They are very, very young. They are, you know, absolutely nowhere near a professional side. Have to go and get goals at that game. And I think it is a chance for whoever wants to step up and replace Laracy within the squad, go yeah. do it. You know, that's a game where there should be goals Go get yourself a hat trick. Go get yourself to. Um, I think that'll be a big kind of indicator of of who's ready to come in and replace Larsey. And as you say, if that squad gets named, then there's no Jacinta in it. I hit mm. the panic button. Have you got a panic button? I've got several. <laughs> um, I also think it'd be interesting to see. Last time we played them, um, obviously a different point in the season, but. I think we might. We Tyree Birchall started against them last time, and we haven't seen her start an awful lot of games or get an, a huge amount, number of minutes. He also brought on Claire Goldie and Leah Dobbins as well. And I'm thinking, if in these types of games against your Borromeo Thistles against Glasgow women, is this should we be giving more game time? And we have this debate in the men's game as well all the time. Should we be giving experience and minutes to these younger players when the you know, who we are going to have in the squad either for the remainder of this season or for next season is unpredictable. Yeah, no, I think so. Absolutely. I don't think that is, um, I don't think that is kind of underestimating MD. I think there is just a, a huge discrepancy between the teams. You have to appreciate it and understand why. Um, but complacency sets in when, you, you know, the, the starters think they can take a break. It's nothing to do with making changes. Um, I would understand if there was a game after it the next week 
where the consistency of the 11 is important, but it is January. There's going to be changes. Uh, so I think we've I don't got think the mother. Do it. There's it's a it's turned into a um, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday week, hasn't it? So there is the Motherwell. So, the yeah. Wednesday fixture has been the Motherwell fixture has been changed to that Wednesday. So even more reason to rotate. But I mean, at the very minimum, if we're up the four or five goals, we should be at half time. Make the changes. Yeah. Um, and I think again, as you say, like we need somebody to step up and be a striker. Maybe there's a young girl in the academy who's not been given a chance yet who could come on for 10, 15 minutes, make a big impact. We've got players that have done that. Mm-hmm. Some of them are alone now, but you know, you want to see who the next man up is. Yeah, and also that kind of atmosphere. It were, they're playing at New Tinto Park, which is obviously a much smaller ground, just in terms of logistics, if you want to come along. I think I'm pretty sure it'll just be pay at the gate at the ground, but it is in Glasgow, fairly central, so easy for people to get to, should be. But that if, if you're going to put players on who maybe have got less experience you know they're going to be far less intimidated by being put on in that type of atmosphere rather than you know even even Falkirk it's a it was a huge stadium it feels it's got a kind of air of something bigger than playing in I don't know like when we play Dundee United and it's you're literally just standing on the edge of the pit yeah. <laughs> ah. no I mean I think there's you have to kind of embrace the Maybe novelty is the wrong word, but the fun of that, I think, even as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've seen that in games. Uh, it's why, you know, stadiums and, and people's pitches that they play in this league hold different uh, effects and strengths. Like Glasgow City have a great home base because it's kind of horrible to play there, you know, and that's a lot to do with the weather. It's a lot to do with different <laughs> things. But, you know, Pete, they've Pete made that hell, a we call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want, and then that awkward sizing of the pitch that Fran talks about these are things that will throw players off their game and young players need familiarity they need confidence I think you're right I think throwing them on in a game like this is somewhere they can go and have fun mm-hmm. they can go into a game that they shouldn't be conceding any goals we shouldn't expect to be fighting for this game they should be going to make an impact to make an impression and score goals Frustrating again that it is another fixture I, I can't remember the last time when we it feels it feels like a long time since we've been able to watch a Celtic game on TV. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We haven't had a whinge about it for a while either. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, It does just feel like every time there's an announcement of TV deal or something, it's like caveated with, not even caveated, it's just new TV deal. And in in reality, we never actually fucking watch any football. Yeah. You know, it's just, well, apparently there's a TV deal here. Don't see any games, but... Apparently, there's a TV deal here. <laughs> I know. And we're still, I would like to, we're going to be finishing soon, but but I would like to finish partly on the fact there's still no proper website for the SWPL. Oh, God. I'm trying to give up on website watch a long time ago. <laughs> I know. I just, I had as well. And then I went on there to find something out. And I was like, and it still has the thing saying the full website will be up soon. There is, a, there is some information up there, to be fair. You can see. But like, there's not, you can't, there's not even like a full list of all the teams. There's a league table, but there's not like a, I don't know. Anyway, it's fine. It's good. It's, it's fine. It's all going to improve. Um, and we're excited. I think I'm going to, one of my New Year's re- resolutions is going to be to be positive about Celtic this season and to not wow. listen to the rumours until, well, I'm not, I'm going to be, if Jacinta leaves, come back to me. <laughs> yeah, I think we just have to, we've chosen to be fans of Celtic women. Yeah, which means we just have to roll with the punches because exactly. there's so little that's in our hands. There's so little we can anticipate. Um, again, being fans of a massive club, 
and a men's team that is playing at a massive high level with tons of money and, you know, a board that we don't really like. I've said it before, you kind of have to, have to embrace the difference of supporting your still supporting Celtic. It feels mm-hmm. like Celtic, as I said, if you, if you come to your first ever game, you see them walk out in the hoops, it feels the exact same. Mm. But in terms of as a, a club and the way we get to enjoy it and take it in, it's very different, it's very strange. Sometimes that's fun, sometimes it's frustrating. Uh, <laughs> but you just yeah. have to embrace it and roll with the punches, I think. Yeah, I think there are more conversations this season. You know, we're basically at the point where Fran has been in post now for three years, almost exactly. Um, And to kind of look at how that's going. And we haven't had a conversation for a while or spoken to anyone about, you know, how seriously the club are taking it in the context of where everything else is going. I think that's probably at least a conversation we should have at the end of this transfer window, because at the moment we just don't know. Definitely at the end of the season. But at the moment, while we're in this place, you know, we take each game as it comes, as they say, and we enjoy we've, watching them batter goals past people. <laughs> we've been saying it for the past kind of couple of seasons, but the rise of women's football is inevitable. Like, it is inevitable. You cannot, you can look at any pattern you want of TV deals, of money coming into the game, of players getting better, of the quality getting better. It is inevitable. It's about whether Celtic want to be left behind or not. Yeah. And... We'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> Let's not end on that. Um, I am excited about the game again on Sunday. Hopefully I will see you there. Um, and then, yeah, as we said, uh, if you're planning to go, it's Tinto Park, New Tinto Park. So it's kind of not a million miles from Ibrox. It's not, it's off the motorway. So pretty easy to get to if you're driving. I'm not sure about public transport options, but we might put a tweet out and stuff about that for people to help get there um and then we've we've got a game the midweek game and then a sunday game so there's lots of football coming up which we will be talking about next time we meet lorenzo thank you for joining me and coming back for the new year being here in no, 2023 good to be back <laughs> like you said it's like it's part of um this is such a part of our weekly schedule that it it, it just needed to happen to feel like we're in a new year <laughs> now the football's officially back because there's been a Celtic yeah. Women's Football Show. It's been fantastic. He's been Lorenzo Pacitti. I've been your host, Claire Wilde. This has been the Celtic Women's Football Show, and we'll speak to you very soon.